Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Jim Ripsua Teng Agnia, Knyom Chemua Maraika Mopi, Afrikantabong. Greetings, everyone. Maraika here from South Africa, and welcome to another story from Adventist Frontier Missions. Our story today is entitled The Harvest, which is in every field. And the reason for this name will become clear in a moment. God has use for people from every field and profession, even if only to reflect Jesus among the people we are posted around, because in every field there is of His precious harvest. Here we hear of the challenges that Robert Campbell, Jephthah, his wife, and daughter Hadassah faced together, and there in the field of agriculture. That's right, fishers of men aren't necessarily only pastors, but people stationed in various practical areas of life. Robert and his family have been stationed in Stang Trang, Cambodia for nine months at the time this recording was made, among the Basak people. Some of the challenges are adapting to the ways of the culture, learning the language and acquiring a taste for the local food, to name but a few. Listen with me as Robert tells his tale. Hi, my name is Robert Campbell, and uh, I work with Adventist Frontier Missions among the Basak people of Cambodia. And we've been there for about nine months already, and we have an interesting uh, experience that we'd like to share about uh, what what doors God has opened for us out there among the Basak in Stung Thang, Cambodia. We landed in Stung Thang in July and began to move our things from the Penang Project of Cambodia to the Basak Project of Cambodia. As we were moving, we realized that we would need to figure out some way to connect with these people and some way to officially be in the country um, to be able to get our visas. We prayed about the couple of different options that we saw. One of them, we could start an NGO, which is a very popular option for missionaries to start a non-governmental organization. But it requires a lot of money to start an organization like that. Many of the agencies require that you bring in as much as a million dollars for your projects. And you have to be bringing in money every single year. And we just felt like that wasn't really a good option for us. And so we began to pray about you know, what different options we had. The Basak people are an agricultural people. They are subsistence farmers who work in the fields day after day. They're not particularly tech-savvy people, but they have you know, come to like the new cell phones and the, and the gadgets that they can get in the market. But for the most part, you know, they've never been introduced to a computer. Many of them aren't very strong in their reading. Because they're Basak, they, they speak the Basak language um, at home. 
But when they go to school, they learn the Khmer language. When they learn to read and write, they learn to read and write Khmer. They don't learn to read and write Pisac. So that makes it particularly interesting when they want to communicate with one another. So as we were thinking about these things and weighing our options, we started to look at building an agriculture technology company, and this would give us an opportunity to be out with the farmers in the fields every day, to do research in how we can improve their crops, which is something that would help them, as well as connect with them, build relationships with them, get to know them, and share Christ with them on a on a very personal level. There's a church there of about 10 attendees who come regularly, and sometimes on Christmas we get as much as 30 or 40 people, and sometimes as few as three or four people who come to church. And the church is composed of Khmer people. They've not been able to really connect with the Basak people there in the community, but we are hoping that us being there, since we already speak Basak, we can help to uh, connect the church with these people and begin to minister to this um, people group in Sang Trang. But we needed to register our company, and that was going to require some documents for us to get. And one of that was our village registration papers. And in getting these papers, it would require us to get a a couple of different things. One is, is we would need to get a residency permit. And as we went to the immigration police to ask them for the residency permit, they instructed us that we needed to go to the commune chief. However, he instructed us that we needed to go to the provincial chief. When we went to the provincial chief, he instructed us that we needed to go to city hall. When we went to city hall, they told us we needed to go to the commune chief. And then when we went back to the commune chief, you could see that there was frustration in his eyes he sent us back to the provincial chief, who then sent us back to the commune chief, and this went on and on for three months. We were discouraged, not quite sure what to do, because we wanted to be able to, to get these documents in order so that we could start up our business, so that we could start connecting with the people. But all this time was being spent just running around from office to office. We met a gentleman who worked at the One Window Service, uh, which is supposed to help people to expedite their paperwork processes, and we became good friends with him. And he was Basak. He speaks Basak. He was able to talk to us in Basak, and he helped give us some pointers. And so we were able to at least get our vehicle registered. We were able to start on some things. But again, we needed this core document, and we prayed about it. And I wasn't sure what was causing our commune chief to, to be reluctant to issue this paper. Um, sometimes it's corruption, but sometimes it's just simply the fact that they're afraid of messing up because they could get in big trouble if they don't do the papers right. And there aren't many foreigners in Stung Thang province who need this document. So probably didn't have a lot of experience with it. So we prayed about it and we contacted someone from a um, government agency in Phnom Penh, the capital city of Cambodia. And they were able to talk to the commune chief over the phone and finally one of his workers was able to process our documents. After that got completed, we began to pray about how can we really connect with these people because we could sense this tension between us and the government leaders. So we went to the market and we picked up some fruit. It was around Christmas at this point 
And so on Christmas Day, we went to each of the government offices with a with a fruit basket that we gave to them. And our daughter, Hadassah, handed them this fruit basket. And they lit up with smiles as we took pictures of us together. And they took selfies of themselves with us. And it was just a really wonderful time where we could connect with these with these leaders of this community. And we're so thankful that God has opened this door for us because now we have the opportunity to be able to start a business there and to share the gospel with these Basak people on a very practical level, a very close connected level. And we're just so thankful for what God has done. Story continues. One of the main issues that was causing a lot of the problems and headaches that we were facing is the fact that the, the ownership of the house we were renting was really in question. In Cambodia, it is illegal to gamble with cards. Now, you can come in and travel and go to one of their casinos and officially gamble, but you can't actually gamble on the streets for anything. Well, our current landlord who was the owner of the house, wasn't technically the owner of the house because he won the house in a card game that he had participated in with the original landlord. So it was very difficult to get the official document, the statement of address that we needed to be able to get our residency permit. We didn't know about this issue at the time, and it was several months before we found out that the house actually wasn't owned by them. And so... This made it a lot more complicated to get the documents that we needed. Once we realized this, we went back to the immigration police and and tried again to see if we could get this certificate of residency. And they told us that, sure, we can do it. And began to work with us through the process. And as we started on it, we were getting getting ready to fill in the last papers. And they asked, well, you know, our office isn't isn't a really great office. We don't have a lot of things here. And we were just wondering if you could make a donation to our office. We didn't realize it at the time, but the papers that they were doing actually weren't going to be the ones that were needed for our residency certificate. But as we got ready to complete them, we, we hit this brick wall again because we weren't quite sure what to do. The office that they had was a shipping container that had been retrofitted with doors and a couple of old air conditioning units. It was hard to keep the room sealed, so the air conditioning just kind of leaked out and the room stayed very moist and humid inside and wasn't a particularly pleasant place at all. So anything that we had given would have been good to help out with the place, but because the document wasn't the one that we actually needed to complete the process, we were at a loss to know what to do. We don't support bribes, and that's something that they were kind of asking from us, and We knew that this really wasn't going to actually help us get the document at the end of the day. So we prayed about it, and we declined. We mentioned that we would need a receipt, which we knew that they wouldn't be able to issue. And after that, we then went back and we prayed about this issue to try to see what God would would have us to do to try to solve this problem. After we successfully completed 
the process and got the documents we needed, we could begin the application process. And during that time, we prayed about how would we use this business to reach the Basak people? What would we actually be doing on a daily basis? Over time, in discussion with different people from AFM, we realized that this would be a perfect opportunity for us to connect with the farmers. If we could find some way, some sort of technology that could be used to help them to be able to enhance their crops, it would help them to be able to get better yields, which means that they would be able to get more money at the end of the day when they go to take their crops to the market because the crops would look better, they would be healthier, and there would be more of them. Robert and his family are really involved with the Basak people, who are divided up in small communities all around the provincial capital. The Campbells, through research and diagnostic, document the crops of local farmers, helping them with the production and growth of the most stout and healthy vegetation possible. This, in turn, helps the local people physically, as they eat healthier, as well as the farmers, who have better quality food to sell at the markets for more money to provide for their family. As they spend time with the local people, they are able to bring in biblical resources to tell people about the life of Jesus, how he lived and what he did for them. This, in turn, helps the people spiritually, so they, in fact, minister to the people around them. If you would like to take part in this ministry, either through a kind donation, earnest prayer, or even on becoming a missionary yourself, contact us at afmonline.org or call us up on 800-937-4236. That is afmonline.org or call us up on 800-937-4236 to get in touch. With the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, whatever we have to offer him, he can multiply. Never underestimate the part you can play. With that, we've reached the end of our story. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll tune in next time for some more stories from Adventist Frontier Missions. See you soon and God bless.